Welcome to the Pinning Combination Podcast. KJ Pilcher joined by Dick Briggs and G.Y. Schultz from The Predicament here, uh, ready to talk a little uh, college postseason wrestling. We had uh, uh, kind of the last wave of uh, D1 conference tournaments here this last weekend uh, with the Big Tens, Big 12, specifically the NAIA Championship uh, tournament. So uh, we'll recap uh, some of that. Uh, action, especially with the three uh, uh, Iowa schools that were involved in those uh, two tournaments, and then the uh, upcoming NCAAs uh, for D2, uh, the National Wrestling Coaches Association D3 tournament down in Coralville, and of course, uh, the at-large selections that were released yesterday for the D1s brackets. Uh, you're watching this on a Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, the uh, final brackets uh, will be released for uh, the D1 tournament. But uh, guys, let's start with the Big Tens uh, out in, in University Park, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Penn State hosted uh, the 2021 championships in uh, Iowa. I tell you, they, they looked very impressive uh, uh, coming away with their 37th title and, and second in a row, I believe 159 and a half points and four champs, six finalists. What was it? Uh, eight in the top three of their respective weights and nine fourth or better. Yeah, I think that's what impressed me more than anything was the fact that you had four in the top or, or nine in the top four. Um, Nelson had a, I thought had a great, great tournament. Um, but, but the other ones, uh, uh, basically to finish at their seeds. You know, I, I guess that yeah. was uh, uh, the impressive part about them guys. I think so too. Right. And, and uh, Mike mentioned that Penn State was second with 124. So it was 159 and a half to 124. So a significant gap between first and second. However, throughout the course of the tournament, it, uh, it, was, it seemed a lot closer because I think probably because Penn State was getting points on the on the backside, whereas Iowa had their six finalists. Penn State had four, I think, as well. But but still, uh, you, you're not able to get the points until you get to the final championship matches. So um, you know they're obviously added to that to that separation as well. So it kind of appeared that it was it was closer and then not so close. <laughs> Very nice job by Iowa. Um, and also, don't you think that um, with a 35 and a half point spread? And I guess I would call this a smaller tournament, even though it's a mini nationals with the the amount of teams in here, the quality of teams. Um, does that point spread get bigger or smaller at the national tournament? Uh, probably smaller because I think they'll they won't have as many points likely at the top. But that's true with all all of the teams. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh... You know, because you do have four guys, uh, four champs are all ranked number one. You know, that, that very well could transfer over to the national level. Um, you know, and you still have guys like Cassiope and Warner and DeSanto uh, who are who are ranked third and maybe projected to be in that uh, one, two, three type uh, of placing possibly so you know uh, it, it could transfer over but 
you know, it's hard to say. You're probably not going to get a fourth by the Nelson Brands at the national tournament, obviously. Um, you, know, you, know. You, you can throw Young into that category as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, the, the national tournament, something always happens. And, you know, it's, people don't typically wrestle two, two seed, you know, sometimes above, sometimes below. But, but uh, you know, something always happens where you're scrambling, trying to recover from <laughs> with most teams. So it just, you know, it's like, who can avoid that the most? Um, you know, I always had that in the last couple of years. At, well, not last year, but the year before, they, they had, had some upsets early on and, and uh-huh. uh, had to try and regroup after that. So hopefully that doesn't happen. And hopefully if it does happen, it happens to the other schools. Exactly. Yeah. You know, what's kind of interesting, uh, obviously, you know, kind of the elephant in the room, the, the one weight that didn't really work out too well for Iowa, uh, Max Murin, uh, seated second, uh, went 0-2. Gave up a couple big moves in each of his, you know, kind of one big move in each match that really kind of sealed his fate both times. Uh, but then to look at the fact that, you know, he has three losses on the year in the, the, to the individuals that finished first, second, and third um, at the Big Ten tournament. That That's not necessarily, uh, you know, the moral victory that they're going to hang their hat on, but it's something that, hey, now that you got an at-large berth, you can shake it off and and you know just kind of regroup and and get back to it. Um, you know, not the performance they wanted from him, but when you look at it, it's like, gosh, you know, uh, that was just kind of a tough tough road to for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, and the other thing is, and if you noticed that Liam Cronin at 25 also was the number two seed and went 0-2. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't, we can't talk about, can talk about a couple of things last week. One, I started to talk about my, I had concerns at 149 and, and I just, I don't know why, but I just had a feeling and, and it came to, to pass, I guess, but so hopefully, you know, that can work as motivation for, for him. Uh, you know, as far as the seat's concerned, we kind of mentioned this too. When you only wrestle within your conference, it kind of makes it, and a lot of times there's, there's, you know, some people were held out or their turn, uh, duels didn't happen or something like that. So it's kind of difficult to see. I think it's gonna be even more difficult to see at the national tournament and get it correct. Cause if you look at the seeds and how they finished, they, were, they didn't do a good job of seeding necessarily um you know they did they number one was fine they only missed one there but but after that you know they had the seeds were kind of all over the place Um, right so yeah those and those top two obviously are mostly are slam dunks you know there there are very few weights where uh you know it's hard to miss on one two so you're going to get a RBY DeSanto final. Uh, you're going to get a well. 141 is a little different just because the talent was so deep. Um, even though you had a one-two with uh, uh, Irvin and uh, Nick Lee, you know. But you know, you you knew you were going to get Gable Stevenson, uh, Paris. So it's easy to get the one-twos right, probably more often than not. Um, 
But like you said, the rest of it was pretty jumbled. Believe it or not, only four number two seeds actually finished second. Really? Five of the six were, were below or didn't even place, and, and uh, one of them won it. At, at 97 so okay. it, even number two was it was not easy to predict as well so you had uh Mirren, Mirren Cronin and uh I think Brown Nagel yeah Brown Nagel also didn't place right so, and they were just the number two seeds so. yeah you know 149 was one of those weights too that just was so deep when we talked about it I didn't necessarily think Ridge love it was he going to win or make the finals? But I said last week that as a number seven seed, that was a, that was a tough goal that if he's your number seven seed, you know, that's a tough deep weight class. Um, you know, and of course he ends up making the finals. So. Um, had a good time. Was a good, good call on your part, KJ. Well, I didn't think he was going to win. I just knew the weight was deep in, in, Difficult. It was, old, it was kind of wide open. Yeah, yeah. Outside of Sasso. Right. Um, you know, so um, any other weight classes really stand out to you? Um, you know, I thought the 141s, um, you know, uh, Lee had a heck of a match with Rivera in the semis where it uh, looked like maybe Rivera gassed a little bit and Lee was able to win. Um you know, the match between Ironman and Lee was really uh, entertaining. Even you saw the contrast of styles where Lee was more offensive and Ironman's counter ability um, came into play. Um, I was really impressed with Kemmer, uh, the way he wrestled, um, coming away with uh, the title um, there and really handling, I thought, really controlled the match with Starochi. Um, you know, Miles Amin looked really good. Um, and then of course, Gable Stevenson, holy buckets. Uh, that, uh, that was man's work there in the finals against Paris. Yeah. He's so athletic and made it look easy and even got a little cocky on the edge of the mat there. And yeah, you know, always endures a lot of fans and especially not Iowa fans. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, so get, you know, he's so he's very good. Yep. I think I think you know, as far as the Iowa guys are are concerned, I thought Kemmer was the one that really impressed me when he got into that scramble situation and the way he came out of that. Yeah. Um, it, it it actually reminded me of that little bit of scramble with Lee and Tomasetto a couple years ago in the uh in the semifinals at the national tournament that, oh sure. that, that scramble sit type uh where where lee got that fall but that's a situation that really reminded me of Kemmerer. um and and he that really impressed me he has a knack for doing that i mean gosh it, you, you take for granted just how how steady and consistent he is and his mad awareness um to there, there are situations where he gets out of giving up points, and there are situations where he ends up getting points um, in matches that you're like, you know, a lot, a lot of people would give up points. You know, mm -hmm. someone would even bail, and he just continues to wrestle through situations and positions and 
comes out either preventing points or getting his own. It's it's fun to watch. I thought in terms of weights that kind of stuck out for me going into the tournament, 184 was was you know I didn't know what to expect there. I, I knew Brooks was good, but man, he he really stood out that. Uh, 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 I thought, and then the rest of it was really kind of a scramble. So um, Ben's, you know, finished second there, and, and then of course Nelson did a great job and wrestled five levels above his seed. And and, uh, and then one other thing that was interesting that to me was that the the lowest. I, I was curious on this. What was the lowest seed to qualify for nationals? Oh, as an automatic qualifier. So you'll never come up with it. The 13th seed at 141 from Northwestern that finished sixth and was a qualifier. How about that? That's pretty decent. Yeah, I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have guessed that as, at all either. Genius. There was actually a 12th seed as well that I believe when yeah, yeah, but another Northwestern wrestler at 165 finished seventh. So how about that? Yeah, I, I thought they got a good tournament. Um as well, actually, well, they just pretty well. Yep. So that it just goes to show a 13th and two 12 seeds end up qualifying. So you're never out of it, right? That's why you're right. Watching. Right, and kind of goes along to your point too about how hard it it was to, to really get things seeds. Um, right. Now, one thing I want to point out too. Um, and it may not seem like uh, such a big deal right now just because where they finished overall. But, you know, Michigan State, for much of the tournament, was in the top five. Um, they were right there on the, the edge of the uh, top five. They ended up finishing eighth. But, um, you know, the thing about this program is five years ago, in 2016, when the championships were at uh, the University of Iowa. They finished with five total victories. So they, they won five matches throughout the entire tournament. They scored ten and a half points. Um, you know, this year they ended up finishing eighth. There's 73 and a half points. Uh, Northwestern um, and Minnesota kind of pulled ahead of them with their uh, uh, victories in the finals from Deacon and, and Gable Stevenson. But, uh, you know, they're right there within earshot of a top five finish, which in the Big Ten is uh, pretty impressive. And just to show how far they've come, that 10 and a half points that they scored five years ago, uh, this year, Rayvon Foley at 125 scored 15 by himself. Uh Chase uh, Saldade at 157, um, that finished fourth, scored 15 and a half. Then you have Jake Tucker at 65, that scored 10 and a half. Um, then you had Ken Caffrey, uh, who finished fourth at 197, score 11 and a half. So you had four people uh, in your lineup this year that scored as many or more points than the whole team scored. Uh, you know, when these seniors entered the program. I mean, I think that that says an awful lot. Um, and I'm not sure how many qualifiers they came through with 
uh, all together, I want to say like uh, like five um, or six. But you know, we were making jokes a few years ago about how they scored negative points at nationals, and Drake actually outscored them um, at that time. So they're doing some good things at Michigan State. Um, you know, there's improvements. I know some people pointed out the fact that Willie Miklas, uh, former Iowa prep, uh, wrestled at Missouri and then Iowa State when he finished up his career, um, is out there as an assistant coach now. So uh, nobody's going to confuse them with the Iowas and the Penn States of the world or or anything like that. But here they, they finished uh, uh, in the middle of the pack, ahead of Ohio State um, even. And right there within an earshot of that, I think there were some good things. And, you know, uh, they always talk about, you know, uh, uh, you know, your chain, chain is only as strong as its weakest link. I think uh, that shows a little bit about, you know, one of those weak links that has gotten tougher um, and stronger. And that's a good thing to see, not just for the Big Ten or for Michigan State, but for college wrestling. Yeah, that's encouraging for those kids, the coaches, and I counted seven qualifiers, KJ. So, okay. Yeah, that's that's really good. So. And they're only four points, as you indicated, four points out of fifth place. Uh, for, you know, mm-hmm. so that was real tight right in there. So, um, yeah, very nice job. That'll, you know, I don't know how they'll do it at nationals, but to get there is a victory for that program when you look back. Yeah, you know. Uh-huh. I- I actually hadn't kind of looked at it that way either. How how uh, how much they've improved over the last uh, three or four years. That's that is impressive. <clears throat> Not only that, it's got to help their recruiting process when when they uh, when when they have that kind of a team and show that kind of an improvement. Mm-hmm. No, for sure, for sure. So, um, any other uh, last tidbits? Uh, you know, the one thing we talked about the margin of victory, I was surprised that the 35 and a half points was the largest margin of victory for a Big Ten championship team since the 2010 team won it in Ann Arbor. Um, boy, I would have thought a couple of those Penn State teams would have had a bigger margin of victory, but, uh, you know, it just kind of goes to show you just how uh, dominant this team has, has been. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I, uh, looking at qualifiers, I think, what do I remember? I think uh, the, the Big Ten, if I remember right, did they have, did they, I think they averaged nine qualifiers per weight. Did they? In, in one respect, it's almost easier to qualify in the Big Ten, you know, after you add on the at large uh, qualifiers than it mm-hmm. is the other conferences i know the conference is very tough you know in terms of competition but but when in you know in most cases five wrestlers there's one there's only four wrestlers at the weight that didn't qualify you know so you know it's kind of that way to look at it too <laughs> sure sure but uh anyway uh dick wyatt thanks a lot for uh talking wrestling uh together Nathan, thanks for uh, producing everything. And Wyatt, why don't you send us home? Let's keep wrestling on the move.